Okay, let's begin our discussion. Parshas Toldos, Tavshin Ayin Gimel, this year, Rosh Chodesh Kislev, as we celebrate tonight, and um, Hanukkah is already on our mind, a couple weeks away, towards the end of the month, but uh, we daven, we daven, Chasov Zeroah Kachecha, Vakarev Ketz HaYeshua, we daven that in Mosur, but we daven that already, start thinking about that, one of the most powerful tefillos that, um, that we have. Says the beginning of the parsha. We, of course, have the story of the twins, of Yaakov and Esav. Let's go to the third Pasuk in the Parsha, fourth Pasuk. The children fight inside of her. The twins, Vatomer and Cain, the first, um, first type of in-uterine sibling rivalry that we know of. You know, the, all the siblings in Safer Bracious, they didn't get along too well. You go back to the earliest siblings, the Kain and Hevel and Yishmael and Yitzchak and Yaakov and Esav and the Shvatim, all the siblings in, in uh, Sefer Bracious, they laid the foundation for later sibling rivalries. But here we have, even before they're born, they're already at it. And Rivka can't take it. Rashi quotes the well-known Chazal. What does this mean? Rashi quotes... Rabbi Seinu Darshihu Lashon Ritza, Chazal Darshini, running by Yisrotzu from the word Ratz, Kishahaisa Overes Al Pischei Torah Shal Shem Ve'Ever. When Rivka happened to pass by the base medrash, pass by the yeshiva of Shem Ve'Ever, Yaakov Ratzu Mafarchis Latzes. Yaakov was banging on the door, banging on, let me out, let me out. Overes Al Pischei Avodes Kochavim. And when they went by a base of Odezara, then Yaakov was very quiet. He was reticent. He was silent. Esav Mefarkis says, Esav tried to get out. Again, a story that we all know, that we learn about in, in kindergarten. Famous question. I gave it to you from the Maharal. From the Maharal. Again, it's asked in various ways, but if you have it in source number one in the Gur Aryeh, commenting on Rashi. Lashem Ayisrotasu, Lashem Ritsa, Shazerot Lakan, Vizerot Lakan. The Imtoma, line four. A person only gets a Yetzahara when they're born. There was such a taiva for Avodah when he was still in his mother's in his mother's stomach. He just had to have... Okay, we can't even fathom the Yetzahara for Avodah Bechlal. The Gemara tells us in Masech Sanhedrin and elsewhere that the Anshik Nesach got rid of the... Of, um, Yitzhahara for Avodazara. You can't even fathom what the, uh, what the taiva is to bow down to a, to a stone, to wood. Okay. But either way, at that time, it was a taiva. So the question is, doesn't that start at Shaz Leda? It's a pasig in Chumash. Shinemar, la pesa, chatas rovates. When a Kaddish who speaks to Kayin, ula kaman, pirish rashi, min ha me'ayim hei nefradim, zela rishova zela tumo, vizeba odem babetan. So how are we supposed to understand the Yetzatov and the Yetzahara were so strong even in utero before they were born? Says the Maharal, something that others say as well, but it's a crucial point that we have to understand about Yaakov and Esav, but really about every generation of Jewish history. Ad hayom dafka she'en ha'adam the natural instinct to sin, to fulfill one's taiva, one's desire, so that, you're right, only after birth. How we understand the Yetzahara. What was driving Esav here was not a desire was not a, a uh, intellectual trying to get away from God. Ella It was his natural pull. It was his natural instinct. Natural instincts that, that's even pre-birth. Esav was already pulled to evil pulled to, to values antithetical to Yahadus, it's in, it's, you can't even say inborn, it's pre-born, it, it, it's innate, in umos ha'olam, she'kol davar v'davar mas'or el tibo, and he was naturally like, like a magnet, 
He was drawn to the base of Odizara. It wasn't that he had a taiba for it. He didn't try to go murder somebody. He didn't try to like eat non-kosher. It wasn't a taiba like other Averis. Avodazara symbolizes the value system that is antithetical to everything we, we stand for. That's what Esau was pulled towards. Lefichach, kishabah Yaakov lebati midrashos. When Yaakov was, was there's a base medrash outside, he misorah ruach hakodesh. The spiritual aura that overtook the area where Rivka was walking, it was just a, a magnetic force that Yaakov was pulled to. Umisorah wasiz betivo. He was connected. To what was outside. It's natural. It's inborn. In, in Esav and everything that Esav stands for. Skipping down, even bringing this back to, to our, to our generation. Says the, says, uh, Rev Salvation. Says Rev Salvechik in source number three in the Bidini Arab, Rev Shechter quotes him. Anashim toim kishachoshvim shesinas ha'aravim liyudim etchila betchilas atznuat zionut. Right? When did the, when did the uh, Arabs start hating us? When did they want us to get out of uh, Eretz Israel? Oh, that was in the 1850s. That's when anti-Semitism started. Of course not. And that's why. Oh, you know why? Because we are, quote-unquote, occupiers. Right? Can't even say the words. That's the reason. That's the reason. Before they were born. Rashi quotes in two weeks' parsha, parsha of Yishlach, Halacha, Esav Sonin Liakov. It's not something that there's, there's, uh, it's learned, it's inborn. That's how Kodesh Baruch created the world. Right? As we had. He quotes the Rashi. There's totally different value systems. Anti-Semitism is not based on a reason. It cannot be explained. It's inborn from one of the first Sona Yisrael in history, Esav HaRasha. And that's what we learn now. By Yisrael Tzohaban and Bekirba. It can't be explained. That's the way it is. That's why HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world. There will always be differences between the Am HaNivchar and all the other nations. Just related to that, because the Maharal himself quotes what he wrote earlier, I gave you the other piece in the Gerariyeh, which you have in source number two, which is what he wrote earlier on the Pasuk of the Yetzirah, La Pesach So on there, he explains why. Why is it that there wouldn't be a taiva or for, for anything inside before birth? So he quotes there, we'll mention it, I'm not going to spend so much time on it, but just to become familiar with it. Says the Gerariyeh there in source number two, it is known to those who understand. When I am at a certain stage and I, I have reached a certain completion, that's when I would want more, says the Maharal, ironically. If I'm in a state of growth as it is and I know I'm not there yet, I'm not going to have a Yetzer for other types of growths or chisronos that I don't have right now because I'm already in a state of growth. I'm not thinking about other things. Says the Maharal, when a baby is growing inside, it's not like there's any yetzer or taiva there because every day is a day of growth in the gestation period. Once a baby is born, once we are people and we have everything, now we start looking elsewhere. Now we start looking, oh, where's, I have a chisar in here, I have a chisar in there. And of course, Ezuhu Ashra Sameach Bechalko, but says the Maharal, that's why, in a deeper sense, why there's no Yetzahara beforehand. Because Rebbe could have created the world with a Yetzahara inborn beforehand. He says, no. Avodavashu Misnoeya El Hashlema, Hashlama, Eino Yetzahara. If I'm already in a growth process, then that's what I'm focused on. So on a conceptual level, says the Maharal, that's why there's no Yetzahara before birth. I'm finished, I'm at a certain stage, and now I feel I have a chisar and I'm missing something from over there. But if I'm not there yet, I'm not even at the stage of completion yet, I'm in the process, 
Abbas give two lines. I'm heading towards that stage. There's nothing else to focus on. I'm just focused on what's in front of me, and that's the growth of this baby until he's born. Once a baby is born, and now I'm a unit, I'm a person. So now I start looking to other people to realize what they have, and the Sahara starts then at birth. Okay, that's just in the background, says the Guriyah, explaining why the Yitzhahara only starts at birth, but the message for us is that is the beginning of a different value system between Yaakov and Esav. We are B'nai Yaakov, we are B'nai Yisrael. Esav is the father of, you know, he was Mavaza the Bechore, he was Mavaza Yaakov, he wanted to kill Yaakov, the father of much of the troubles that we have had in Kemat every century since the beginning of time. Okay. Moving right along. So we have the names the first one that goes out, Admoni, only two people in Tanakh that are redheads that we know of. That we know of. Right? David and Asaph. Just shows us that it's not about it's not about the hair, it's about what you do with it. Kulo Okay, he comes out and he's called Asaph. Afterwards his brother goes out, he's called Yaakov. And Yitzchak happened to be 16 years, 60 years old at the time. A question that we dealt with in the past, not for tonight. <coughs> that is, such a monumental event, holding on to your brother's heel that we call him Yaakov. That really defines who he is. Ba'akev. That's the most, uh, that's what we call him. Somewhat unusual, not for now. But we're going to focus on the previous Pasik. So, Yitzchak, he calls, called Esav. Why is he called Esav? So Rashi explains. Hakol Karulokain. Everyone called him that. What's Rashi bothered by? It's a plural. Vayikru Shimo Esav. People saw him and said, Wow, Esav. That name fits. Naas the Fishaya Naase the Nigmar Bisaro Kibenshanam Harbe. He was he was a really hairy guy and it was formed. He was like an older person. He was like an older kid. He was born, he wasn't he wasn't a baby, he was like a toddler already. That's why he's called Esau, like Asu, Naseh. He was made already. That's where Esau comes from, which the Bali Musr, by the way, point out, Esau thought he was perfect already. He had nothing to grow into. Esau, he was Naseh. He was, he was finished. He was completed. He didn't have to do anything anymore. That's a terribly dangerous attitude for one to have. I'm finished. I'm great where I am. That was Esau on a Bali Musr level. But yeah, we have Esau. Good. Says Rabbi Yosef, ne- sorry, says... Rabbi Yosef Nechemya, in source number five, we'll go back to the, um, the Karsla Shabbos Onin. That's supposed to be four and five. They're just mis, uh, misnumbered. Yeshla Hisboni. We haven't had Rabbi Yosef Nechemya in the corner in a while. The last rub in Krakow. Let's get back to his words. Tilafit Pshuto, Hayameharoi Likrosla Esav Asui. What's Esav? What's the Vav doing there? Shouldn't it be with a Yud? Asui. Made. Right, well, that's what Rashi's saying. He was completed already. People looked at him and said, wow. Asui, Kfar. So why Esau? Where's the Yud? I appears Rashi. Uli Yaakov. And on Yaakov, we have the other question. Why was he called Yaakov? Because he was Ba'akev. Where'd the Yud come from? He was Ba'akev, his brother. Uli Yaakov, him, Sha'achaz Ba'akev, Ha'yirai, Likroso, Ekev, or Okev. Kemuvan, Lefichok, Haloshon. So Esau's missing a Yud, and Yaakov gets an extra Yud. So why don't we have to see the names? Everybody called him. The Alderech HaRemez Nireth. So he says Alderech HaRemez. Remez. Alderech Drush. Ksiv. Ki Baka Hashem Tzur Olamim. We know Hashem created the world. Ki Baka Hashem Tzur Olamim. V'dar Shul Chazal tell us Olam Haba Nivra B'Yud V'Olam Hazebehei. Somewhat of a more Kabbalistic thought from Rabbi Yosef de Chemia. The Gemara says, Olam Abba is created, was created with a Yud. Olam Hazeh is created with a He. A lot of messages behind that. Created with a He, it's open at the bottom, but it's open at the side also. If somebody falls down, Olam Hazeh, you can still do Tshuva. That's why there's an opening at the side also. Symbolisms between the He and the Yud. But Olam Abba is symbolized by a Yud. 
says the Gemara, Olam Hazeh with a hey. Vehinei, Tachlis Briyaz Yaakov Esav. What was the original plan between these two brothers? Yitzchak Avinu, the Ola Tamima, the perfect carbon that never left Eretz Yisrael. He has two children. It was supposed to be an even split. It was supposed to, they were supposed to work together in order to bring the world, to keep the world going. He was, he had, his potential was in Gashmias, his potential was in hunting, so if he would have channeled that and used that Latov, he could have used the entire Olam Hazeh in the service of God. And Yaakov, Ishtam Yosheba Olim, that's where his talents lay. So he would be the Ishtam, he was focused on the Olam Abba, the spiritual pursuits. The the original Yisachar Zavulun was supposed to be Yaakov and Esav. The original agreement, obviously it didn't come till later, Yisachar Zavulun, which were Yaakov's children. Look in my great-grandfather Sefer in the Chassam Sofer. Yud and He. And he even quotes a little bit later. That was the descendants of Yaakov and Esav had it right for a little while. Rashi quotes, Rabbi and Antoninus. Right, Dantuninus, the Roman king, was a good friend of Rebbe. Right, he right helped support Rebbe. Olamazeh, Olamaba, and that might have even been the brachos later on. The brachos that were given there was the Vietan Lachahelokim brachos, there was Gashmi brachos, and there was Ruchani brachos. The if that is the case, as of Yosef Nechemia, that Yaakov was supposed to get the Olam Haba, and Esav was supposed to get the Olam Hazeh. Yaakov gets the Yud. He fulfilled, that was his Tachlis. He was Akev, but he gets the Yud. Yaakov. Because that was his Tachlis, that was what he was supposed to excel in, that's what he did excel in. The Esav Hayanah Eloshem Oseh. Kihuha Oseh Olam His name would have, could have, should have been Oseh, the doer. In the physical realm. And if he would have been Zocheh, he already tipped his hand in, in utero, but if he would have been Zocheh, he would have been praised up above. They would have been wonderful. Yud and Hey, that's the Hashras Hashchina. Yud mitzad echad, the Hey ba'akeva shalose. You have the Yud and Yaakov, Esav could have been Osad to do. But the hay went away from him because he didn't do it properly. What's left with Osad, take off the hay, you left with Esav. If they would have had it together, they would have brought the Shechina, as we know the Gemara says in Sota, Ishvi Isha. Shras Shechina, if there's Shalom Bayes between them, you have the Yud from Ish, you have the hay from Isha. That's Hashem's name. That's wonderful. With Adar Rahman al-Islam, Chazal tells us there's Esh, there's fire. But... Esav did not fulfill his duties, and therefore the hay was taken away from him. Olam Azeh, he didn't succeed in anything. So all we are left with is, all we are left with is Esav. The Yud and the hay. The Yud, appropriate for Yaakov. The hay would have been appropriate for Oseh, but he was left with Esav. I said, why isn't he Os? Okay, Esav, switch around the letters a little. Okay. But Yaakov was called, as we know, Yoshev Ohalim. Yaakov Ishtam Yoshev Ohalim. Two ideas related to Yoshev Ohalim. First, in the Karasval Shabbos Oneg, which Oglem we haven't looked at in a couple of weeks, two thoughts tonight. Rashi quotes Yoshev Ohalim, the Ohel of Shem Ve'ever. See, quotes here in the first idea, the Ohel of the Chafetz Chaim. Chafetz Chaim didn't live too long ago. Right? His obituary was in the New York Times. Did not live too long ago. Let's imagine for a moment, to think for a moment, a little bit about the Chavetz Chaim, says the Karasal Shabbos Oneg. And this was from an eyewitness. Hagon, Rabbi Abba, many out there, I had this chusah, meaning somebody who learned in Radin. I was lived in Borough Park, so there was somebody who lived in the shul next to me. He learned in Radin as a teenager. So people, that wasn't so long ago. So this story is from an eyewitness. Shapam, Kasher, Shah, Baradin. Sarah, Beisro, Shalach, Chavetz Chaim. This Rav 
went to see the Chavetz Chaim. The Chavetz Chaim had just gotten back from a long, tiring trip. And in those days, right, there was no business class. Right, wherever he came from, you know, he was exhausted. He went on a wagon, whatever it was, he was exhausted. He finally gets home. Imagine what we want. Just give me a couch. Just give me something. Give me, let me relax a little bit. Right, when he got home, he went to the table. With one hand, he's taking off his coat. With the other hand, he's opening up the Gemara. Yaakov Ishtam Yoshev Ohalim. That is somebody who's defined as a Yaakov in Ishtam. Right? Somebody who is who is a, a leader. What defines us? He still has one arm in the coat. The safer's already open. The value of a moment, the value of a second. We discussed last week about Ramatali Trup, the Chavitz Chaim. I'll give a minute. I'll give a minute. Because that was the value of a minute. Every moment in the life of the Chavetz Chaim. Ode, line 7. Something that we can't even fathom. That we can fathom. Okay. Right when you walk in, start learning. And I'm sure he said hello to his wife first. And I'm sure we're talking about the Chavetz Chaim here. The goblets of the Chavetz Chaim, Rav Hutner once said, that, once wrote, that the goblets of Yisrael Meir are coined from Radin. Wasn't that he wrote the Sefer Mishnah Bura. That wasn't his goblets. The goblets wasn't that he wrote Sefer Chavetz Chaim and Shmir Salashin on Hilchas Lashon Hara. The goblets of Yisrael Meir are coined from Radin was that the same pen authored both the Mishnah Bura and the Chavetz Chaim Shmir Salashin. Ben Adam Lamakom, Ben Adam Chavetz Chaim didn't, didn't cheat either side of his avoda. He made a dent. He made a lasting impression for generations. Ben Adam Lachavero, Shmir Salashin Chavetz Chaim, and Ben Adam Lamakom, Mishnah Bura. That was his goddess. So says the Chavetz, says the story about the Chavetz Chaim from Super Shapam. He was learning. There was a there was a fire outside. And outside there was a whole hole of blue and there's noise and everybody's out there. And they came into the Chavetz Chaim and said, there's a fire outside. And he said, really? He didn't notice. He was so focused. When we're focused on something that is very valuable to us, we really don't, we don't hear. You know, sometimes there are, there are sometimes people are focused on, on, the, on whatever it is. They're reading something. They're watching something. Sometimes as parents, we talk to our children. They don't hear us. Right? In class, the teacher could be talking and, and, this, and the, it, they're, just, they're just not there. They hear, but they're focused. When we're focused on something, then everything else is, is out. The Chavetz Chaim was focused. Now, we live in a, in a, in a world of, of, of cell phones and, and all, all technology. It's very hard to, to be focused on anything besides that. When it comes to what we're doing, whether it's davening, whether it's talking to somebody, we could be having a conversation with somebody and then all of a sudden we, there's nobody here, but we get interrupted six times. The Chavetz Chaim teaches us we have to focus. We have to lose ourselves in what we're doing sometimes. And not always be worried that we're missing something. And we're focused. He was totally shakua. People couldn't believe. He didn't hear what was going on. But that, we're, it just all depends what we're focused on. We have to be focused on, on the things that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to be focused on. That is all part one. What was the ohel of the Chafetz Chaim? But there's another idea of ohel. We turn to the next page, the words of Rav Pincus, in source number six. If you look at the text, what is Esav described as? What is Yaakov described as? Esav, ish yodeat sayid ish sadeh. Right? He's a trapper. He's a man of the field. Yaakov ish tam yoshev alim. Derech Agav, one of the two reasons that are given why Rabbeinu Tam was named Rabbeinu Tam, his real name was Yaakov. Yaakov Ishtam Yoshevo Halim. There's another reason given um, based on a certain takana that he put into effect. But either way, that's one of the reasons. But Esav is called Esav, because Yodeh Tzayi Yishtadeh. Yaakov Ishtam Yoshevo Halim. Ask Repinkus. Ask other Achronim as well. 
Chazal tell us that Esav was a terrible guy. He did many Averis. And yet, how the Torah chooses to capture him is, he's a hunter. Man of the field. Yaakov, he must have done many, many mitzvot. What is he characterized as? He's a tenth sitter. Meaning, a yeshiva goer. Does that capture? Is it so bad to describe Esav as an ish, as a, as a, it's Tzadeh, Yodeh Tzayid, Ezra Pinkas on line 8, V'lech Ora, V'chizu Haisa, Kol Genuso Shel Esav, Shahaya Ish Batel, He was out in the field, Madul Lizgar Klal, Omik Rishoso, right, why did it say his Rishos, it just says that he hung out in the field, Yaakov, it doesn't talk about anything else that, you know, he was an Ish, Yoshev Olim, he sat in the tent, Says Pincus, you know what you see from this? I'm expanding a little bit on what he says. The true litmus test, how you really figure out what a person is all about, is what he does during his free time. That's how we really figure out what, what kind of person they are. What somebody has to do, they have to do. There's a brera, there's no choice. Where do our true colors show when we have a choice of whatever we want to do. I can do whatever I want today. What do I choose to do? I have a free hour. What do I choose to do with it? I think I told this story in a drush a couple of years ago, but it uh, it a tremendous impression on me. Before we made Aliyah, I had to go to the Israeli consulate in New York. And remember this story? And I go there and I had to go. I left, I blocked off a couple of hours. And uh, so you're always there for a long time. And I go there, I'm getting my kids' passports, whatever, I go there, wonderful. And I go there, it's like, it's like empty. It's unbelievable. I go, my number's called, they're filling out the paperwork. And it takes a while to fill out all the papers. There's a guy sitting across from me on the other benches. He's on his cell phone. And he's talking to his friends, saying, you're not going to believe it. I blocked out the entire morning to come to the Israeli consulate. I thought I'd be here all morning. And you know what? I'm finished. And I don't have to go back to work for three hours. Isn't that unbelievable? It's amazing. I have this whole morning free. It's just amazing. Another person and another person. He spends two hours, whatever it is, the whole time that I was there, you know, calling people, telling them how much free time he has because he blocked out the whole morning. You're not going to believe what happened. You're not going to keep... Right? Quote, unquote, as we say in English, killing time. That is not a, a, a Jewish perspective. This guy, his mom, she was a caricature of himself. Just like everybody, you're not going to believe it. The same conversation. I have all this time. He had no E. He lost that time pretty quickly. Yaakov Ishtam Yoshevo Alim. The measure of a man is what he or she does in his free time. What did Esau do in his free time? Nothing. You know what that leads to? He was doing nothing constructive. He was hanging out in the field. That led to all the other Averis. Yaakov, what did he do during his free time? Ishtam, Yoshevo Halim. He ran and he used the time. That's what we have to, not what we have to do, but what we want to do. That's what defines us. Elamashma line 12. The deep gap. Shahaya Benana, or between the two brothers. Be'elu Advarim Timunim Si Harishus. Shel ha'ach, the most echad, the most valuable gift Hashem gives us is time. And only as we get older do we realize how valuable every second of our life is. And every second that we get to spend with our family. And every second that we get to be involved in a mitzvah. It's only as we get older. Every year through life, hopefully we have a greater perspective and recognition of that. That's the galus. And he says at the end, he brings it home to Misa. It doesn't just mean what we do, what's our general goals, goals in life. If somebody comes home at night and he wants to rest and he eats and this and that, what does a person do? Does he spend his whole night just relaxing? He who Everybody here, nobody here is an Ish Sadeh. Everybody here is Ishtam Yoshevo Halim. What do we do on Wednesday nights? 
Every moment of my day is accounted for. Again, there's relaxation time built in too, but it's built in. It doesn't define my day. Well, I might as well go to sleep, nothing else to do. No, I finished my avoda for the day. We have to be Talmidim Shalavim Avinu and Yaakov in this context and use all our time properly. Okay, moving right along. Later on in the parsha, in Perek Chavav now, Pasuk Hey, Hashem tells us right before Shani in his Torah why he loved Yaakov, why he loved Abraham. Abraham listened to my call, he guarded my Mishmeris, He did everything. He did my mitzvahs, my chukim, my Torah. Abraham did everything. This is just a very sharp comment. Small comment. Sharp comment, as always they are, from the Maharal Diskin. Well, Diskin, one of the greats in Eretz Yisrael, one of the Gedolim in Eretz Yisrael in the early part of the 1900s. Tremendous, uh, he started the Yishuv in Yerushalayim, he opened up orphanages, uh, tremendous miyashev uh, in Yerushalayim. He's also one of the briskarovs. So he says, first he writes in the first part of the of his piece in source number seven, based on this Pasik, the Gemara in Yuma learns out that the Avos kept Kalatara Kula. It says, Avram did everything. Mitzvosai, Chukosai, Sarosai. There are a number of sources, big discussion we've had in the past a little bit. The others kept Kalatara Kula ad Shalonitna. Before it was given. Before it was given. Even the Gemara says, Erev Tafshilin. Meaning even mitzvahs derabanan About cooking on Yantif to Shabbos. Wonderful. And then he quotes the Ramban, which I think we've touched on in the past, who says that maybe this was only in Eretz Yisrael. In Eretz Yisrael, that's where the others kept Kalatara Kula, says the Ramban, because that's where ultimate perfection could be solved, could be found. That is the only, that is the only, but outside of Eretz Yisrael, no, that's why Rachel had to die going back into Eretz Yisrael, and that's why a number of the other Averos, in quotes, that the, that the uh, Avos uh, violated, if you could call it that, were outside, were in Chutzla Eretz. Right, uh, Amram and, and Yocheved, he gives an example, that was in Mitzrayim, who they were uh, aunt and nephew, which is in Isidaraisa, one of the, one of the Arayas. Okay, so he quotes that Ramban, again, we've spoken about that in the, in the past. But then he quotes a Lumdish question. He says, what status? He says, if you look in the online, in the second paragraph, the Alkalpanim, Mavurladas Kulam, Sheba Eretz Yisrael, at least, even if you want to say according to the Ramban, at least in Eretz Yisrael, according to other Rishonim elsewhere as well, they kept the entire Torah, they had a Misora going back to Avram Avinu. But if you look in the words of the Rishonim, did they have to keep the Torah at that time? No. Voluntary. Voluntary. That's why where Baruch HaKodesh, how some other Mepharshim explain, if they saw that they had to violate, Yaakov saw that these two women were supposed to be his wives, so he did it. Right? Baruch HaKodesh. So it was all voluntary. It was voluntary. What did they have to do at that time? Sheva Mitzvahs Bnei Noach. Sheva Mitzvahs. Ukefi anirame has come as a rishonim. Hayalahem Mitzvahs Bnei Noach mitzad chova. They had to do the Sheva Mitzvahs. U Mitzvahs HaTorah liYisrael mitzad hakabalah shekivol leimasos. And they volunteered the rest of the Mitzvahs. Ask the Maral Diskin. Sharp question. Could you be a Ben Noach and volunteer all the Mitzvahs? This might have bothered you before. V'lachen yeshalim. What they do about Shabbos? That's a tough one. The mitzad mitzvahs b'nei Noach ha'yasur lahem l'shpos b'Shabbos. They were mechuyim in Shabbos mitzvahs b'nei Noach. Part of being a good non-Jew is not to keep Shabbos. It's one of the two mitzvahs that a non-Jew is not allowed to do unless he's on his way to becoming Jewish. Not allowed to keep Shabbos because that's defining to a Jew. The Ramam says this in Hilchas Malachim. Shabbos and learning Torah are defining. And therefore, a person has a choice. Every one of the Umos Olam can either be a non-Jew or he can be Jew. But you can't be a non-Jew plus with the Sheva Mitzvahs. Okay, you've got to work out the other Chazals with Elvis Torah. Maybe you've got to work those out. But he's focusing on Shabbos. 
So it's on Shabbos. Says the says the Maharal Diskin. So how is it about Shabbos? Because if you're a Ben Noach, you're not allowed to keep Shabbos. If you're a Jew, you have to keep Shabbos. So they just didn't do this one. So then they weren't Makavim Kol Kula. They were makabal to keep the entire Torah from Avram Avinu. So what did they do? Even Erev Tavshilin. Erev Tavshilin. What does Erev Tavshilin mean? He didn't want. He didn't cook on Shabbos, so he had to prepare for Yantif on Shabbos. So he had to prepare to put an Erev Tavshilin before Yantif. So you see, he kept Shabbos. So how do you keep Shabbos? If Yossi de Chovaso Ha'Havi Tarti Desasri. That's the Maharal Diskin's Kasha. What do you do with Shabbos? They were B'nai Noach, they're not allowed to keep Shabbos. They were a Kabbalah. To be Jew, they, kept, they had to keep Shabbos. Says the Maharal Diskin, I have a suggestion that I've heard. Umeshivan, the belt answers, B'derech Chidud, very sharply, D'bahatalis HaMutsuyetes, they wore tzitzis, in a place without an Erev. What does that mean? For a Jew to wear tzitzis, in the mitzvah. This isn't anything extra. I have to do this. So it's not an extra garment on me. I wear tzitzis, but that's what every Jew does. And they were makabel that mitzvah. So they were semi mechuyiv. It was more than just a voluntary. So being as a Jew, I'm, I'm wearing tzitzis. I'm not violating Shabbos. As a non-Jew, what am I wearing tzitzis for? It's totally extra. Even if it's just strings on my shirt. I'm carrying the strings. I don't need these strings. I'm not mechuyiv in tzitzis. So they're carrying on Shabbos. They wore tzitzis. That's what they did. Very sharp. They went out into the Rishos Arabim. By the way, there were some Rishonim that say for Rishos Arabim you have to have 600,000 people going on one street. I don't think they had that in the days of, I don't know, 600,000 people maybe all together in history. But, um, okay, maybe they didn't have that requirement at that time. What was Rabim in those days? Ten people? I mean, at that time it was a little bit less, but it was uh, it was it was more. But you know, Robin might have been differently defined then. But anyways, the mitzvah mitzvahs Yisrael Yossi dechavaso da mitzvah machsheves es ha tzitzis lamalbush kumuvu balarachayim umitzad mitzvahs bnei noach deinem mechuyavim mitzitzis havi amitzitzis masa. It was a matzah. It was a burden. It was something extra. Vinisbat al shvisa shabbos v'lo mikri nachrisha shabbos. Good. It reminds us of the joke. Yeah, there was a guy learning, two people learning together in, uh, for many, many years. One, guy, one morning, the guy comes to uh, his chavrus and says, you know, I have to tell you that, sorry, I'm not Jewish. He says, you're not Jewish? I've been learning with you for 20 years. We did so many misechlis together. What do you mean you're not Jewish? I love learning. I love learning. But I'm, I'm, I'm just not Jewish. He says, what do you mean you're not Jewish? You do all the mitzvahs. He says, yeah. He says, you keep Shabbos. He says, no, I don't. I, you, I've had you for Shabbos. I'm like, I, I don't. He says, what do, you, what do you do? He says, I carry. I carry something when I go to your house. He's like, he says, what do you, you carry? There's an air. I don't hold to the air. That's, that's the joke they say over in the, about the Jew and the non-Jew. But either way, here, the same person. So you wear tzitzis. You wear tzitzis without an Erev. And wonderful, that answers the kasha of the Maharal Diskin. In the next paragraph, he just gets into the issue, which is not our issue now. Just to mention it, and that is... I think we discussed this a couple of years ago, Parsha's Lech Lecha. There was one mitzvah that Avram did not do specifically before being commanded. And that, of course, is bris milah. That's a major question in the Rishonim already, but fleshed out later. Why not? He did every other mitzvah, so why didn't he do bris milah? So he gives two of the answers that are known. Numetartzem, line 8. Avram knew the principle of Godol HaMitzvah V'yosem and Misha'en HaMitzvah V'yosem. It's greater to do a mitzvah when you're commanded to do it because you have a greater Yitzhahara not to do it. When we have to get up, you know, it's harder to get out of bed. Right? When we're going on vacation, we can get up very, very early. Why? Because we don't have to do it. When we have to do something, it's harder. God loves Yosef. So Avram knew by every other mitzvah, you could do more than once. So if I do it today, wonderful. Hashem will command it to me tomorrow, so I'll do it again. This meal you can only do it once. Only one time. So if I do it now, I'm doing it as in Eino Mitzvah Yosef. So I'd rather do it and wait and do it as a mitzvah v'yosef. That's the first answer he gives. Umetartzem line nine. Mibnei shahaya yodea benevuah shahaya mitzvah alamila v'yarotza l'kayim mitzvah mila ki mitzvah v'yosef ki gadol mitzvah v'yosef. Good, number one. Number two, the other one that is not as well known in answer. Again, this is really a lech lecha thought, but he has it here, so that's why we're learning it here. V'ateretz ha'pashut v'hanachonhu al pi mashimu v'lamala. 
Could a non-Jew give Mila to himself when he's converting? The answer is no. You have to have a mahul do Mila. You have to be in the Parsha in order to do Mila. That's the din. So Abraham, before he was commanded, couldn't do Mila on himself because he was excluded from the whole Parsha of Mila. Once he was commanded, so then he, he, was, he was not a mahul yet, but he was becoming a mahul. There was no other choice in the matter at that point. But once he had the, the tzi voice, so then he was able to do it. Okay, wonderful. Let's now get into something major. And that is really the only thing that we have in Torah Shebech that Yitzchak did actively as a major, as the major player on the scene. We mentioned a number of years ago, I think five years ago, the first year of the Shiurim, we mentioned how Yitzchak is so passive in Torah Shebech It's unbelievable. Avraham has Lech Lecha, Vayera, even Chayisara. Avraham is burying his wife and Avraham and Avraham's servant are finding a wife. Yitzchak comes in at the end, he was davening, right, he comes in, and then Avraham marries Keturah, once when Avraham dies. So Lecha, Vayera, even Chayisara belong to Avraham. Now we have Toldos, Yaakov and Esav, Toldos, Vayetzev, Yishlach, Vayeshev, Mikhev, Yosef, his brothers. What does Yitzchak get? Hardly any press in Torah Shevetzad. Yes, he's passive at the Akedah. He's passive in finding a wife. He's passive in giving the brachas. He's being played by Rivka and Yaakov. So the one parak that we have that Yitzchak actually did something, this isn't something negative, chas v'shalom. We hadn't, we've discussed messages, why? What the message is of that? But, says the Torah in Parak Chavav, all we have is he digs wells. He digs the well, the same wells his father's dug, but he digs the wells. There is, there's, a, there's something going on here with the wells. The Ramban points out already. There's something mysterious. There's a mystique there's some, some symbolism with the wells. Because what happens? Let's read the Psukim. Yisraq's in Grar. And the same thing, my sister, my wife is my sister, same thing his father did. And what happens? You look outside, let's start with the wells. The Pazak tells us by Shlishi. All the wells that Avram dug, the Plishtim covered in. The Plishtim stuffed up. Why did the Plishtim stuff them up? Why did they stuff them up for? What, wells are Jewish? Wells give water. So even if the plishtim were around, why would you stuff up a well? Why would you not want a well? But they stuffed them up. Leave. And Yitzchak leaves. And he goes to Nachagor. And he digs those wells up again. He says, no. Oh, how can you do? And he calls them the same names. And we continue. And they find Bermayim Chaim. And they fought. And then they dig the wells. And if we don't look so closely in the psukim, we would think, you have to just look closely, it could miss us. There were the wells that Avraham dug, that he redug, and then Yitzchak digs wells. They're not the same wells. We focus on three wells. We focus on either the three, we, we, or sometimes we like don't think, we think, oh, those three, these are the three that are also named of Asek and Sitna and Rehovos. And the Ramban, in his commentary here, before we get to something else, the Ramban notes already, and he focuses on the message of three. The Ramban says in source number nine, The Pasuk is very lengthy. With the wells, the whole story. He dug the wells, they were closed up. He digs more wells, and then even later on, after the three wells, he makes a shvua with Avimelech. He makes a treaty. And then after that treaty, his avadim come in and run and say, oh, we found water in a well. At the end. Says the Ramban, What's the symbolism? Yitzchak's busy with wells. This is the only thing we know about him. Says the Ramban, as he writes in a number of places, You know what these three wells are? These three wells are the three Batei Mikdash. That's the Ramban's Shita. The first well, because a, a well which is overflowing, which is bracha, just like the Beis HaMikdash is the wellspring of the world. Eben 
The first one is called Asek. What's Asek? His Askuimo. There was a fight in the first base of Migdash. There was Machlokas and it was destroyed. The second one, Sitna, also. Satan. Terrible. The story of Hanukkah and it started with Purim and Hanukkah and then it was destroyed. The third one's Rechovos. That will be built without any fights. Kodesh Baruch Hu is going to help us build it. Okay, the Ramban says that it is connected to the three Bate Mikdash. But if you read closely the Psukim, and the Svarno points this out in source number 10, altogether there are seven wells. There were the three wells that Avram dug that were closed up and that Yitzchak un- undug. Then you have the next sukkah where he's digging different wells. After they already undug them. And then at the end, when the servants come and say, oh, we dug the well, we found water. Three, three, and one. The Svarno points that out. And the Svarno says... That's why it's called, or a deeper reason why it's called Beersheba at the end of the parasha. Not just because of the Shavua. So why isn't it called, why isn't it called Be'er Shavua? It's called Beersheba. Right? Why Beersheba? Right? Why? Because of the seven wells, says the, says the Svarno. So what is it about these seven? Says the Slana Merebi, the Nesiva Shalom. Again, it's a larger piece. We're just going to read part of it. Says the Nesiva Shalom. Where should we start from? Bottom left of the page. Bottom left of the page. And by the way, he points out, just to add in one more question. Again, what are the questions? What's the symbolism of the seven wells? Why is it Beersheva, not Shavua, as if the Sheva, seven wells, are even more defining and more important to name it after? Number three, he asks, interestingly, back in Vayera, it's already called Beersheva. And here it's called Beersheva again. There's one difference in the text. Here it says... It's called Beersheva Ad Hayom Hazeh. That's only here in Toldos. That's not in Vayera right before the Akedah. It doesn't say Ad Hayom Hazeh. It just says he made a sh- uh, treaty with Abimelech and it's called Beersheva. Here, Ad Hayom Hazeh. As if this is more permanent, the message of this Beersheva. Says the Slana Marevi. The Yesh Leva Er Ha'inyan. Bottom left. Dehine Olam Atikun Hischem Avram Avinu V'yachar V'mshichu L'sakin Sharvav Haroim. Avram Avinu the Avos, to try to put it in nigla terms. The Avos set the stage for bringing Kedusha into the world. They imbued the world with potential for Kedusha. That's what they did. Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov. Now it's up to us to bring out that potential. But they laid the groundwork to bring out the potential. A well symbolizes that. A well symbolizes you're going to dig and you're going to bring out bracha. You're going to bring out water. You're going to bring out water which sustains the world. Avram did three. You know what Avram did? Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. That was Avram's avoda. The first job. He did three. He dug three wells. Why did the plishtim stuff him up? Because they hate Kedusha. They don't live for it. Bring us tumah. They closed up that, those wells. Forget the potential for Kedusha. That's why they were so against it. Why did Yitzchak have to dig up the same ones? Top of the page. He started. He started. And, they were, and Yitzchak said, what are you doing stuffing up the wells? And he redug them. And then Yitzchak picked up where his father left off. The next three wells. Why pairs of three? Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yitzchak, the second half. The wells. The, the, the potential for Kedusha. Digging. And the final one. Friday. Now all the potential is there. Rechovos. Now there's Harchave in the world. And finally, after he's dug those wells, his Avadim come and run into him and tell him, we have found water. Shabbos, the seventh well, 
It has all come to fruition. We can bring Kedusha to the world in a symbolic way. Line 16. And they called it Shiva and that's why Beersheva. Because there's so much symbolism. There's so much meaning. Not just the Shvua you took with Avimelech. But, and maybe the Shvua was partly, don't destroy our wells. Don't destroy what our Tachlis is in the world. To bring Dusha to the world. Shehiyah Makor, but the seventh well, as we know, Shabbos is the source for the other wells. And that's why it says, Ad Hayom Hazed Dafka Bayitzchak, bottom of the column. Kezel Avram, Nikreb Makom Beersheva, Al Shem HaShvua. And a Shvu, an oath, that's very temporary. But the idea of Shabbos being the Mokar HaKedusha for the world, that's forever and ever. And that's what Avram and Yisrael did. Once the wells were set, then you can look at Yaakov Avinu. He was bringing the potential to fruition in creating the Shifteka, creating the people. Yaakov's job was to take the Kedusha that was now this potential in the world and to create a family which will be the national nucleus that will be able to sprout forth Am Yisrael from those, from those people. So the wells have come alive through the eyes of the, of the Nesiva Shal. Okay, two more ideas for tonight. We've got to talk about the brachas. We've got to talk about the brachas a little bit. So much to say about the brachas and the trick. Just please, if you don't remember, please chazer over. I did also. Rav Hirsch's thought it from last year. Such a unique creative thought. Why the trick? How, if you remember, Rivka Imenu says Rav Hirsch, what she couldn't just tell Yitzchak. Yitzchak's a Russia. He's a liar. What are you doing? And Rav Hirsch said, it must be that she's been trying to do this all her life. She's been trying. And Yitzchak just wasn't convinced. What are you talking about? He puts on Shabbos clothes to see me. He asked me Londish questions. Nah, okay, he has a little temper. Okay, but Rivka must have tried to convince him. And she, Rivka says, you're, you're being fooled. And Rav Hirsch says that Rivka realized that the only way to prove to Yitzchak that he has been tricked his whole life and that there, there's really a Yodeya Tzayid that has been masquerading as an Ishtam, the only way to do that is to take an Ishtam and masquerade him as a Yodeya Tzayid. And once Yitzchak sees that he was fooled, Dafka, they did it as a trick. And Yaakov agreed. Because after all, says the first, what happened right after Yitzchak realizes what happened? He screams and he says, Gamba Yeah, he should also have the bracha. What are you talking about? He should say, oh, Mecca toast. I made a mistake. You get it. No! He says, oh my God, Rivka's been right all my life. And therefore he says, Yaakov, you get the brachas. Gamba Rav Hirsch, unbelievable. You can't learn the parsha without that. Once you hear that, you're like, everything else falls away. But anyway, we continue now. We'll try to, try to move forward with another thought. That was last year. You want to see the source. Says, says Yaakov Avinu. He was nervous. He says to his mother, Ulayi Musheni Avi. Maybe my father's going to touch me. Vaisi made of Kim Satea, and I'm going to be a jokester, and I'm going to bring Klala below Bracha. Let's take the Pshuto as Many say. The most difficult question with this whole parsha, and we'll deal with, deal with it better more on Shabbos, is that Titan Emes Lyakov, right? That's the Pasuk in Navi. He was known as Emes. And Dafka, this is Emes. This is Yaakov Avinu. How are we supposed to understand Yaakov's actions here? Line 7 says of Simcha Broidi, the Rashiva of Hebron, in his psalm, Sam Derech. Line 7. Ubechal Yeshlevaris Inyan. Midaso shall Yaakov Avinu, Midaso Emes. Asher Bahashkafa Rishona, Hari Lorak Shalach Ora Lomots Imparshiosa Torah, Shenog Yaakov Avinu Midazu. Not only do we find that Yaakov was neutral, he seemed to be even negative. Seemed to be anti Emes. That's how we're supposed to understand that. See, he says if you look deeply into his actions, maybe there are certain hints that Yaakov really was Meshubit to the MS. He felt that he had to do what he had to do because Rivka, his mother, Nevia, Rivka who knew, she's not one of the seven Nevios, but, but Rivka told him he had to do this. She had Ruach HaKodesh that he had to do this, he had to do this. But he was troubled. And he did everything he can. As we know, Chazal already picked up with Ani Esav Becharecha and the others. But says the Samderech, you know what he was most scared about? Adarabah, line 17. 
On a deeper level, he wasn't so scared that he would be found out. But he was scared that he wasn't, if he was, what he was doing, he was scared of. How do you know that? He has a whole piece here, feel free to read it, but he just quotes one idea. Turn the page for a moment, please. He says, the Vilna Gon points out on line 12, that sometimes if you have synonyms in the Torah, though they are synonyms, each word is note and really has a different meaning. There are no synonyms in the Torah. Deeply. Says the Grah, there are two words that mean the same thing. Pen and ulai. They both mean maybe. Pen, ulai. But says the Grah, im haomer if I don't want it to happen, whatever I'm talking about, I say pen. Right? Just like pen is a losa, I say. Pen doesn't. Don't do this. Maybe you'll do this. Pen is always a negative. I don't want this to happen. If I want it to happen, I say ulai. Maybe. Ulai ibanemi mena. Maybe I will be built. I will have a, I will have a child from ibanemi mena. I'll have a child from her. Right? Yeah, Avram Avinu says, bargaining for stone. Maybe there'll be 50 tzadikim. Ulai is always, I wish it would happen. Pen is, I wish it wouldn't happen. Asks the Samderech, using the gra. Maybe. Maybe my father's going to touch me. It should be pen yimusheni avi, according to the gra. Right? He doesn't want to be found out. Says the Sam Derech, no. He wishes he would be found out. Because he hates being in the situation that he's in, trying to be a charade. He does it because he's Meshubitu and Ruach HaKodesh says he has to do this. But he'd rather it all be out in the open. Bidafka. He wants his father to touch him. Be a galashen in a way of. He doesn't want by the Mechorah. Yeah, he sells it to him. Right? He wants it to be clear cut. He doesn't want to have any any um, any sheker associated with him. And even though he knew, even if he knew that if Yitzchak finds out he might be Zoche to a Klala instead of a Bracha, he didn't care. He still would rather have been found out and not having to, to gone through this. So it's dafka ulai, and it's not a pen. There's more here, but we'll leave it with his raya as that. We'll just end off with another Bakarasal Shabbos Oneg towards the end of the parsha. Parachavches Pasik Tes. At the end, Yaakov is sent away by Yitzchak. And Rivka, right, Pasig Membab towards the end, Rivka says to Yitzchak, by the way, the only sentence that we have between them in the entire Torah Shabbat Saf. Right? right, we have a lot of communication between the other Abbas and the Imos, Yitzchak and Rivka, not too much in the Torah Shabbat Saf. So at the end, they're sent away, and what happens? So Yaakov goes to Patan Aram to go find a wife, and last Pasig, Esav goes to Yishmael. Wonderful. The Medrash gives a marshal. Medrash gives a marshal to Esav going to Yishmael after Yaakov had already gone. Source 15. There was a trapper who had two birds in his hand. I'm not sure which one is kosher, which one is not kosher. I have two birds in my hand. Oh, so you know what I do? Ma'asa. Natal Shneim Befricham Ba'avir. I let them free. I see where they fly. The non-kosher birds goes to hang out with non-kosher birds. The kosher bird goes to hang out with kosher birds. That's how I'll figure out which is kosher, which is not kosher. Right? We don't know. Right? Even so, the brachas, Yitzchak. Right? Where did they go? Who did they choose their chevra to be? Esav went to Yishmael, and Yaakov went, not to Lavan, but he went to Leah and Rachel, this is Kanios. Our chevra, our neighborhood, our group of friends, that makes all the difference. It defines who we are. 
We choose who we, who we are with. We choose who we, you know, where we live. It's all about the Chevra. We mentioned in the past the unbelievable Ha'ara of Chaim Shulevitz on the first parak in Eov, where the Satan is given jurisdiction, do whatever you want, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, just don't kill him. Right? So he loses his family, he loses his money, he gets, he gets, he loses everything. There's one thing he loses, what's the one thing he has as Chaim Shulevitz? His friends. As of Chaim Shulevitz, why didn't the Satan take away his friends? He took away everything. The whole book of Eo, what? Because the whole book of Eo was about about him and his friends talking. So why do you take away his friends? Says Rachel Shmulevitz, because you can't live without Yechevra. You can't live without Yechevra, and that would have been killing him. So that's why he left his friends. Why? Because who we are with defines us. Esav goes to Yishmael. That's who defined him, right? Yaakov goes to Rachel and Leah. We have to be very alert and astute and careful. We always have to choose. Who are friends with? Obviously, the first decision is our spouse, because that is our ultimate chevra and our most intense chevra. But other than that, we we choose everybody. Beyond that, we should all have the siyata the shmaya to choose wisely. Okay, we'll stop here. Again, agun chodesh to all, and we should be zochet to a, a, a chodesh of light, chodesh of light of geula betoch shar betoch kol yisrael.